I'm not going to start the episode until you tell them. Tell them. (laughs) Tell them. They need to know. They have a right to know. All right, you guys, the other day, I really was convinced I had COVID. If you were following the Besties Insta stories, I had to take an hour-long nap at work because I was so run down. I was exhausted. I was, like, getting the spinsies. FaceTiming me about how you were going to have COVID and you were sick. I really thought I had COVID. I had the brain fog. Tell them what you did. Well, that morning, I popped, like, three Tylenol. Mm -hmm. This morning, I realized they were Tylenol PM. They were Tylenol PM! Hi, Ellen Mars. Oh, you sweet tropical fish, Patricia. I can't believe it didn't actually kill me. I should be dead now. I mean, and he was like, this is it. I mean, two <laughs> years. I got COVID. I have COVID. And he was so sick. And you know men are such babies when they get sick. And you guys, he was taken down. I was. He was taken down by the T. It's true. By the TP. <laughs> you guys, we're skipping all the Patreon, all the Facebook talk, talk today. We got to talk family meeting. Gather family up. Meeting. Look, we got some good news and some bad news. I want to start with the good news. Wait, I didn't know there was bad news. Well, the good news is that we are bringing a new person into the Obsessed Network OWD family. Yeah. Tell them who it is. It is one of my best friends. We were on Broadway together for six years. We've known each other for forever. He is like, well, he's one of Lola's gay uncles. And if I were to say your gay uncle is on the phone, she would say which one. Yes, of course, because you're raising her right. Yeah. And if you follow me on Instagram, you probably... Probably seen him on my Instagram stories. His name is Joey Taranto. Joey Taranto. He's her best drag queen. He is so fucking fabulous. And he is. I mean, we'll tell him this in yeah. person. He doesn't know this, but he's the inspiration for the Lake Bottom. One million percent the Lake Bottom. <laughs> but you guys, the bad news, and this isn't bad news. It's just news. The news is I am stepping away as co-host of OWD. Can we get in sync music? <laughs> Baby ba ba ba. After two and a half years of doing this show, it's just time for me to pass the baton to you to sort of like take the charge, run the ship around here. There's a ton going on with me. I am writing a book, which is starting to take over my life. I have several chapters in it. Don't worry. You do. You do. (laughs) As you've heard over the last several weeks, my voice is really suffering. So it was just, it was a hard decision, but not really. Yeah, not really. It was actually not a hard decision. Ellen was like, when are you going? Yeah. You're like Daisy when the babysitter shows up. You can leave now. <laughs> I was like, oh, that vocal career is not going to take <laughs> yeah. off, is it? You know, he's been podcasting for a really long time and screaming yeah. with me for two and a half years. I think it was the cameo that did you in. <laughs> I know. I will, I will I know. never not say that. It's true. And then the live shows. And it was just really, really, it, honestly, behind the scenes, it was stressful in a way that Patrick never likes to let people down. And he takes takes on a lot and we almost had to cancel Atlanta. We didn't. He pushed through. Yeah. He's seeing a vocal therapist and yeah. he just I'm has- I'm studying with Liz Kaplan, you guys. She's like the big time Broadway vocal coach. Yeah. He's like, I think it's time. I was like, okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you don't have to. I can do it by myself. I can do it. I don't need it. I don't need it. I was like, else. can we just find you another sweet gay? Listen, I'm going to finish out almost this season. Yeah. I think we've got like three more episodes with me. Yep. Joey and Ellen have already recorded their first episode. We wanted to do like a test episode to make sure it was a good fit. I'm editing it. It is amazing. I'm, of course, staying on as executive producer of the show. I'm going to be sitting right outside, like, editing their episodes, basically, while they're recording them. I'm not going anywhere. Which is really fun for me. (laughs) Do it again, but make it funny. Be funnier. That's not funny. You guys, this is, this might, I might have to rethink this. It might might be better. It's 
like, you know, it might be better to keep you where I can see you. For clarity, I'm staying on TCO. That's I'm going to do that. Nothing else is changing on the TCO front. And you'll probably stop in and out. I will be in and out. I'm also making another new podcast on the network, a limited series with Maggie that I can't wait to tell you all about. So, like, it's just this two episodes a week, screaming my face off. My voice couldn't really take it anymore. And that's it. That's the good news. Good news, I guess. Yeah, you said good news, bad news. I was like, where's the bad news? You're like, the good news is my friend gets to make this podcast with me and you're leaving. So where's <laughs> no. the bad news? <laughs> but I mean, like, we were like, nothing's really, really, really going to change. You're no. still going to be, you know, texting me at 530 in the morning yes. wondering what time I'm waking up. Exactly. And so you're going to get to meet Joey really soon. We're going to bring him on. We're going to do a, a sweet transition. He's so funny. I can't say it enough. You guys are going to love him. Yeah, let me give you the tea, though. Yeah. He is a gay minister's <laughs> kid from New Orleans. Yes. With a tongue. If you all think my tongue is sharp, take a seat. <laughs> all right, Ellen Marsh, you still got me for a few more weeks. We're doing Disappeared Season 6, Episode 12, called The Final Season, tells the story of the disappearance of Tracy Ocasio. A restless young woman is ready to turn over a new leaf. She was very much figuring out what she wanted to do with her life. But before she gets a chance, she vanishes. When I got up in the morning, I went and checked and she hadn't come home. Police are confounded by conflicting leads. It made me think I got the right guy. I have him. And soon, investigators learn they may be dealing with more than one victim. He chased her down, tackled her, and began to choke her and bang her head against the curb in the street. As family and friends try to hold on to hope. I was very emotional. You're looking at the last thing your best friend was wearing before she went missing. My first question, is it Tracy Ocasio-Cortez or no? <gasps> I know. I kept saying that, too. I kept misspelling it. So guess where we are, friends? Okay, good news, bad news. Bad news, we're in Florida. Good news, we're at a bar. At least we're at a bar in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Florida, you up? The crowd at the Florida tap room is pumped. It's four deep at the bar as beer flows readily. It's a big night for sports fans in Orlando, Florida. If the Magic win tonight's game, they'll be only a step away from clinching the NBA championship. Like many basketball fans, 27-year-old Tracy Ocasio wouldn't miss this game for the world. We're at a place called Florida Tap Room Bar. Mm -hmm. Christopher tells us the crowd at the bar is pumped. It's four deep at the bar and the beer is flowing steadily. I'm like, all right, my kind of night. Uh -huh. And then I, I said, this sounds fun until Christopher says, it's a big night for sports fans in Orlando. And I went, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and then this sentence that I need translated into human Quote, if the Magics win the game tonight, they'll only be a step away from clinching the NBA championship? Uh -huh. What is that? Okay, well, let's well let's take it back. Okay. Let's baby steps. Sure. What's the NBA? The National Bottom Association. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joey, we need you. I walked right into that one. So it's the basketball. Oh. It's the orange one. Great. I thought we got rid of the orange one in 2020. No. Uh, <laughs> she's sharp today. We're back in person and she's on her game. Basketball, Basketball. game. Basketball. 
The Magic are playing the Cavaliers. The game is in overtime. The Cavs are down, down by, by two. Down by two with seconds left. Their all-star player, LeBron James, takes the ball. If he gets this three-pointer, they're going to win. He misses or whatever. And the Magics win the game. He misses. Okay. It's just the Magic. Okay. It's, it's actually <laughs> not magic. even that. It's just Orlando Magic. Do you believe in Magic? Her daddy is the one who got her into basketball. He began taking her to games, and she just fell in love with the Magic and became, you know, a huge fan. So Mama Liz is here and she tells us how Tracy loved basketball and the love of basketball came from her dad, Papa Joe, who was also a sports fanatic. Papa Joe explains that Tracy was one of those sports fanatics that like used to yell at the screen. We're going to learn that Tracy is like a little out of control. Well, she's just spicy. Remember the time she poured the beer on that girl? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But yeah, I-, I will never understand sports people who like yell at the TV. No. Like my ex-husband used to do that. He'd be like, fucking come on. I'm like, you look insane. Did he do it with that body? The- he did it with that body, yaddy, yaddy. Okay. okay. <laughs> the summer before her senior year of high school, her father's job required the family to relocate from Virginia to Florida. As a vulnerable teenager, the move was hard on Tracy. And to her parents, it didn't seem like she was trying to make things work. And so we get the little backstory. Summer before her senior year, they had moved from Virginia to Florida. This was all very confusing to me. Because because we go back to, like, how they got to Florida. She moved there when she was in high school. She still lives at home with her parents, and she's 27, which is fine. Yeah. That was a little bit of a confusing moment for me. Oh, I think, okay, yeah. Well, I think they were going back because they explained that when she moved from Virginia to Florida, she really, like, wasn't into the move. She had dropped out of school. Well, she just didn't finished school so she yeah. had gotten a couple of odd jobs but I think this leads us into saying that she didn't really have a lot of structure and like goals in her life so she had done some like odd jobs when she was like 18 19 years old and now she's 27 and, and she like worked really hard to make friends and to sort of like find her place and they say that like, at, at this point in her life she's doing a lot of partying but she's really recognizing that about herself totally. and she's saying that like she wants to change I was exactly the same age when yeah. I was like going out every night drinking too much and being like okay I want to like make Make a change. Which is totally fine. And I have said this before, but we have to normalize not knowing what the fuck you want to do in your yeah. 20s. Uh, yeah, because in your like, 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s. <laughs> I, no, but there's just so much pressure, right? You know, you go to school, you get a passion, you get a job, you get a partner, you get married, you have kids, you die. And yeah. like, that's just what everyone... Ellen, is that what goes on in your head all day long? No, but oh, like... God. That really answers a lot of questions for me about your disposition. I'm saying <laughs> you don't have to like, you know, work and know what you do. Like, you can go like explore life. And just because you're not exactly where you thought you would be at a for certain sure. age, it doesn't mean that you'll never get there. Anyway, she's just sort of like in a transitional time. Not everybody can find like amazing success in podcasting in their late teens the way that you did. You know what I mean? In their very, very late teens. (laughs) After her first few years in Florida, she found herself facing a failed engagement. Her and Derek were engaged for a little bit and then she broke it off with him. I don't think she took the breakup as bad as he did. So we meet best friend Taryn, and is she okay? I don't know. All of these friends really love Tracy. Yeah. When I say that Tracy was is a little bit of a mess, she reminds me of me. She's the kind of person who, like, causes a little bit of trouble, especially, like, in their 20s when they're drinking, and it's all meant to be in good fun. And she surrounds herself with friends, like the friends that I had, that are always like, you're fun until you're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just, I just, I would like eyes on Taryn. Yeah. That's all. That's all. <laughs> 
So she's here to tell us that at one point, Tracy was engaged. The engagement went south. The man is named Derek. He's not here. He's not here, but also she broke up with him. So yeah, yeah. everyone's fine. And they were saying even after the breakup, <laughs> and Darren really wanted us to know that Tracy wasn't bothered, but Derek was having a hard time. I know. So Actually, we'll recognize on Taryn. Yeah. Can we get eyes on Derek, Derek as well? Are you okay, bro? You okay, buddy? All right. Chin up. <laughs> Other fish in the sea, my dude, okay? Aww. Tracy eventually took it upon herself to make changes. She completed her GED and decided to start looking at community colleges. She also told herself it was time to try to turn one of her passions into a career. So with all of that going on, all of this sort of like not knowing what she wants to do, she gets her GED. Good for her. And she decides she wants to take her hobby of making jewelry and turn it into a business. Look, if I can take my fucking hobby of screaming into a microphone with my sassy best girlfriends Absolutely. and make that into a career, anyone can do anything. Yeah, a cur? A cur? A cur? Can we hear that again? <laughs> Absolutely. And make that into a career, anyone can do anything. <laughs> Oh, look at that curve. <laughs> On that warm, humid May night, when the magic proved they were worthy of their name, fans at the Florida Tap Room continued to celebrate into the early morning hours. Around one o'clock, Tracy decides that it's time to head home. James, an acquaintance from the bar, asks if he can bum a ride. The two make their way through the crowd as they say their farewells. Christopher tells us on that warm May night when the magic proved they were worthy of their name. I don't... I, I said, I call this barf copy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 1 a.m. and Tracy decides to go home. Now, this dude, James, from the bar, asks for a ride after they say their goodbyes. I have two things I would like to talk about about that statement. Can I have a sec? Please. Number one, who does that? I, well, look, it, it's unclear how well they knew each other. We're eventually going to be told that they were like acquaintances from the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get it. Uber was brand new in uh-huh. 2009, but you know what wasn't? What? Cabs. Right. Get, you, get one. Get one. You're right. bumming a ride. I know. And then the other thing that I want to talk about is they said their goodbyes. I'm a firm believer in an Irish goodbye. Oh, I don't know if we're allowed to say that. No, no, no. I looked it up. It's fine. Oh, you did? I did. Really? Yeah. I what makes it, it fine? What makes it not racist? Because it's not, it actually has no historical roots. The Irish begged it. No, it doesn't. I literally went to an Irish website. Uh-huh. There's like 10 different things of the Irish goodbye, and then the Irish are like, we'll take it. Like, <laughs> they don't care. I looked it up. But did you know that the Irish goodbye is a sign of emotional intelligence? No, why? Well, it means that, like, people don't care if you leave. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, I do have a reputation. I no, did one's my... like, no one's like, what? I didn't say goodbye! You know what, though? Ask Tom Warren, our friend, in our 20s, I would, whenever we would go out after work and people would start to leave, I'd be like, don't leave, you're not leaving! Yeah. You're not leaving. Like, Tom Warren stopped saying goodbye to people because I wouldn't let people go Yeah, home. well, you have attachment issues. <laughs> but it really means that you know that you're not the most important person in the room, and if you leave, the party will still go on without you. One other story about Tom Warren, when we, we opened a steakhouse together, and when we were we had a whole week it of sounds, training... You, the way you made that sound, it sounds like you guys literally opened oh, a... No, we were both... I was a bartender, he was a waiter, like, yeah, Tom and the, I went yeah, into business. Yeah, we were the staff, okay? <laughs> but we opened... We went through a whole week of training, and everybody was becoming friends, and I was getting really insecure that my friends were making friends with other people, and one day after lunch, as we were going back to our training groups, I said to Tom, bye, don't talk to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you have no idea how much that tracks. I know. 
So it's the next morning. Mama Liz and Papa Joe wake up. Because remember, Tracy lives at home. Right. And Tracy wasn't home. It's 6.30 and Mama Liz just texted, where are you? And she had the same thought that a lot of people have. Maybe she stayed at a friend's house. You know, the Brandy Wells of it all. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, not panicking. And Mama Liz texts her at 8 and then 10. And this is where Mama Liz starts to worry. And she calls the girlfriend who thinks is with Tracy. Yeah, and she's not. She's like, haven't seen her. Mama Liz calls all the other friends. All of her other friends are like, we haven't seen her either. Have you seen Tracy? With every phone call, Liz becomes more anxious. When Tracy was a teenager, she sometimes forgot to check in with her parents. But these days, it just wasn't like Tracy to ignore their messages. They tell us that when she was a teenager, she would often forget to check in with her parents. Nobody forgets to do that. You, You intentionally... Don't do don't, that. Don't do that. And so Mama Liz goes zero to Patrick and <laughs> calls. Hospitals, jails, morgues, everyone should Morgues. Look, I would call a morgue. I was like, listen, and then before you ask, that though. That should be my new threat to you. When, when I lovingly say, if I don't hear from you in 15 minutes, I'm calling the police. Yeah. I should say I'm calling the morgues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to record it for the besties. <laughs> you guys, when I transition to Joey. <laughs> <laughs> When we transition to Joey taking over, I'm still keeping the Instagram password. I'm going to do bestie content. I'm still doing it. (laughs) You're not losing a me. You're just gaining a Joey. I called everyone I could think of. Um, I just didn't report her missing yet because I didn't know for sure that she was totally gone. I thought maybe she was at a friend's house still, and I just hadn't been able to find her yet. Before you ask, Mama Liz didn't report her missing to the police because she didn't for sure know that she was missing and she wanted to kind of like do all the appropriate legwork herself. One of the cops says to us down the road that like people don't report things to the police like tips or they're missing children because they're either afraid that like they're going to bother the cops but also for Mama Liz there's probably a little denial. Like once you report her missing then all of a sudden you got a fucking missing kid. Yes I absolutely I absolutely agree. So in a bizarre twist <laughs> the cops call her right. at 7 p.m. They're like, are you Tracy Ocasio? And the mom's like, what? No, no. No, but no, while but I, I have you, right. can, we, can we chat for a second? I am actually looking for her. And the cops are like, we're just calling to tell you that she parked her car on somebody else's property. And they are kindly asking that you come and move Yeah, it. I would love to be the ass end of that conversation, no. the real conversation of that. But neither here no. nor there. Tracy's vehicle is parked on the front lawn of a house only a few miles from their home. Liz drives with her son Joey and a friend to move it. When Liz sees the car, she's surprised by what she finds. The seats were pushed all the way forward, both front seats, which was really odd that both seats would be pushed so far forward. Um, it was like somebody had been in the back seat and had to get out. Mama Liz grabs her son, Joey. Yep. And, <laughs> hey, hey. and but there's also Joey's House of Fashion. Oh, my God. Remember Joey's House of Fashion? Yes, bitch. You wear that bolo tie, bitch. <laughs> so they go to find her car. Her car was there on somebody's lawn. Yeah. And Mama Liz immediately is like, the weird thing is both seats were pulled off all the way forward. What, do you think? I have a thought about this. You do? Yes, because oftentimes when we do these missing persons cases or these murder cases or whatever, the killer gives themselves away by like, the young lady's five foot one, the killer's six foot five. Yeah. And they put the seat all the way back. Again, Brandy Wells. Yes, and that's how you know that like somebody else drove the car. Right. I think the moving the car seat all the way forward was a way of not giving away who drove the car. Or or at least the size of the person that drove the car. Or somebody was throwing a body in the backseat. Or somebody was throwing a body in the backseat. Yeah, you didn't think that one out. (laughs) 
No, I think it was a way of, of like covering their tracks. You know what I mean? I don't. It, it's weird. I don't think anyone is that smart, but go off. <laughs> Until now, Liz hasn't wanted to alarm her husband, who is away on business. But she's beginning to feel overwhelmed and needs his support. I said, do you want me to report her missing? And he said, yes. Liz files a missing persons report and investigators immediately begin their search for Tracy. So at this time, Papa Joe was out of town working and Mama Liz didn't want to worry him. I was uh, like, can I just say one thing here? Yeah. Papa Joe is amazing yeah. and I'm sure he works really hard, but he, like me, does not look like the kind of guy that has a corporate job. And I was like, what kind of work do you do that you travel so much, Sis? He's a pipe fitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's a corn husk dealer or yeah. whatever. The corn seed dealer. <laughs> right. What about the mushroom hunters? Yeah. Remember the mushroom? No one got back to me on that. So weird. I know. I I love a mushroom. I cast a net and nobody ever gets back to me. So Mama Liz calls Papa Joe and is like, hey, I know you're out of town doing all the mushroom hunting. Um, (laughs) Our kid is missing. No one's seen her in 24 hours. Should I report her? He's like, (laughs) yes! I know. So I said, yes, Mama Liz, it's time to alarm the dad. Yeah, this is where we meet maybe one of my most favorite characters we've had in a really long time. Because in another shocking twist, they don't tell these parents that your 27-year-old is allowed to go missing if she fucking feels like it. Yeah. They actually go and investigate. Yeah. <laughs> so we meet Detective Mark Olson. Now, I'm going to call him Detectives Gives No Fucks, but in a really good way. <laughs> but in a really good way. Because we're going to see, I love this guy. This yeah. guy gives it to us so straight in these episodes. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. There's one of my favorite videos is called Give It To Me Straight. Okay. <laughs> Their first stop is the tap room. The bartender did remember her. I think her being a, a regular customer up there. I think they knew her as a customer, but didn't know her as a person. The employee says he saw Tracy the night of the big game, but he doesn't remember anything odd about her behavior. He tells investigators that their manager can show them surveillance video from that night. So he goes into the into the tap room. That's like they're starting where she was last seen. The bartender remembers her, and the detective was like, I think he knew her as a customer, but like not as a person, which is it speaks well of Tracy. Right. Because she's not like getting hammered at the bar until 4 a.m. every night. Right. Any bar that I go to, they all know me as a person. Wow. <laughs> And to that end, the bartender was like, I mean, I definitely saw her, but like nothing was weird. And then the bartender was like, wait, we have surveillance. And I was like, is it recorded over? You guys, not only is the surveillance here, it's fucking good. It's good and watchable. It's kind of grainy as fuck. No, I disagree. I think this, I mean, we can see her. Yeah. We can see the dude that she leaves with. Clear as day. I don't know. I was, look, we've been fucked by this security (laughs) footage. I know. I I was expecting them to be like, and it was typed over. It wasn't. It was there. Yeah. Good on you, Florida I, tap room. Hey, look at Florida doing a good thing. I know, and I believe under my new law that I invented under Ceno Evil, this bar now gets $40 million. Yeah. And the owner doesn't have to be put to death. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Round of applause. Way to stay alive, bar owner. Because they know what time the basketball game ended the night before, the investigator is able to narrow his search of the surveillance video to a few hours. After scanning through the pixelated footage, He notices someone that appears to be Tracy leaving the bar with a man. To his surprise, he recognizes the other patron. 
So the cop recognized this man. And the reason he recognized yeah. this man was because he hung out at a place that a lot of cops hang out at. To which I said, I am so glad everyone is so fucking stupid. Yeah. If you're going to maybe do murder, don't hang out at the cop bar, idiot. The cop bar. Like, that's a no-brainer. I'm going to call it a no-brainer. Yeah, good for you. Did you make that up? I did. I invent you. Like how you invented the eyes of the window to the soul. They are. Yeah. <laughs> I invented no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will a lucky coincidence help locate Tracy? The man in the video is identified as James Hathaway. Investigators with the Orlando Police Department go to his home to question him. So it turns out that they identify this man as James Hathaway. Yeah. And also turns out, funny enough, he had been charged with criminal mischief two months prior. So they go talk to him. Do you know what he did to get that charge? Uh, you guys, this is so aggressive. Literally, why are men? He was leaving a party. A van was just driving by. This dude punched the fucking side view mirror. He just punched the mirror. It's just it's that anger. Why do dudes do that? Why, I, I honestly don't know. Why Why do they snot rocket? That, I've, moving on. It's disgusting. What? <laughs> what? I've done a snot rocket from time to time. You're disgusting. My nose gets really dry in the winter. I don't, stop defending yourself. Okay. Literally, <laughs> cease talking immediately and let's move on because you're not gaining yourself any points right now. You guys are going to like Joey better because he's not disgusting. No, it is just a biological certainty that men are disgusting and then people are like, why do you hate men? I'm like, I don't, I just report the facts. Yeah, men, men like I don't mind guys being disgusting because I am one and I am that, but like punching a fucking yeah. mirror for no reason. Like, that shit, like, that kind of aggressive shit, oh my god. The Orlando Police Department turns the case over to the Ocoee Police. They pick up where Orlando left off in the questioning of James Hathaway. We actually brought him to the station and, and interviewed him for about four hours and got his side of the story. When you got to your house, what took place there? Talk for a minute. James calmly describes the same series of events he told the Orlando Police Department. He bummed a ride home from Tracy and hasn't seen her since. Yeah, so they're sitting down with this piece of shit, and I'm going to call him a piece of shit because I can. So yeah. they say, do you know Tracy? And he's it's like, basically your podcast now. Yeah. It's Ellen's rules. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I know her. I asked her for a ride. Fucking weirdo. Yeah. We left the bar. She drove me home. We chatted in the driveway. Bada bing, bada boom. But then the cops are like, okay, that's fine. But then why did her abandoned car be found 150 feet from your fucking house, you idiot? Right. So get me. let's get this straight. This guy hangs out at cop bars, <laughs> basically kills this girl in her own car, then leaves the car unattended 150 feet from his house. Yeah, no, he makes he makes a lot of errors in life and in this show. Right. But the best is detective doesn't give a fuck. The way he says where James lives cracks me up. Hear me out. Okay. Because he, he goes, Her car was found on Franklin Street. James lives on Franklin. Now, the way that he said it was as if... He lived in, like, my neighborhood. Like, he, he said it with such casualty. He's like, you know Franklin, right? You know, Timmy Schuster lives uh -huh. kitty corner to yeah, Franklin. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tim drives that Hyundai Sonata, and he's got the German Shepherd with the wonky leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then if you make a, a left at, like, you know, Jimmy McGruber's house, yeah. he painted it two falls ago, so you might not recognize it. But James lives there next yeah. door to the church organist. You know that church organist. Yeah. Everybody knows that. But okay. I was just like, it was just so funny because he's. I was like, we don't know what you're talking about, dude. It's so funny. And so, wait, what is the name of the town? Oh, Owaki? No. Oki? Oyaki? Oh, wait, it's O C. No, Koei. Oh, oh, Osika. 
Okay. It's okay, Kay? Stop it. We're going to get in so much trouble. Oh, Pokey. Oh, Pokey. Is it a Pokey? Yeah. So the Orlando police have to turn it over to the cops in that town I can't pronounce. No, Coey. And those guys continue the questioning of this James Hathaway guy. And they bring him and they interview him for four hours. He, like, reiterates the same story. Yeah. And this is where we learned that they kind of, like, James and Tracy kind of knew each other, like, from the bar. And so the cops are like, all right, we don't have enough to hold this guy. We're going to dig into his past. And this is where we learn more about this town, Okoki. O- Okoki. So they tell us that. <laughs> Okoki. I think it's Okoki. No, Koei. We're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> James Hathaway has lived in Okoki his whole life. He was raised by his two deaf parents in a rundown part of town. And up until now, he has only had minor run-ins with the law. He's just one of our local kids growing up, speeding, you know, roughhousing, fighting. Just one of your local kids that you get to know while you're working the road. So they start to look into James's past, and we learned that he was raised in Okoki with his two deaf parents, oddly specific. But I thought that was really interesting information. Yeah, but we never go back to I it. I know, I know. And they say he grew up in a not-so-great part of town and had minor run-ins with the law. Detective gives no fucks, says, you know, speeding, roughhousing, <laughs> fighting, casual stuff. I was like, I what else? <laughs> cow tipping, stabbing, stealing. Like, cow. those poor uh, cows. That's evil. I only learned about cow tipping from that movie Heather's where That's they went and did that. Do they, it, oh, God, all right. No, it's horrible. But I didn't do it. They can't get up. <laughs> they literally can't get up. It is so sad. Oh, no. Wait. Cows can't get up? Like if they if sit down? somebody tips a cow on its side. I'm laughing because I'm horrified. Think, I'm like actually starting to cry. How do you think that cow gets up? I'm not kidding. It's so mean. But wait. But wait. It's so mean. But wait. can't get up. I have a question. How do they end up get up again? Someone has to come and get them. Wait, are we are we sad that we're not going to be making this together anymore and we're having emotions? <laughs> Cow tipping is not funny. <laughs> it's so mean. Oh my god. Oh god. Mo. Could you imagine that with their little legs? No. friends are saying that like maybe it wasn't this guy like something easily could have happened to Tracy after she dropped him off because it was such a tough neighborhood we learn like it's the area of town where quote all the sex offenders live and her friend Courtney says also Tracy's unpredictable yeah she's she's like I can't say that Tracy's not the kind of girl that would like just pull over and get out of her car in the middle of the night in a bad area and I went oh god Tracy's me I oh know. god I am that friend who's unpredictable I know I, I know <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get I know. sometimes like, I know I remember one time I had to reschedule a recording and I was so nervous and I was I'm like a monster no, 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 but like and then and then you were like yeah no problem and I was like okay <laughs> and then the other day I called him stressed and he burned my house down. I know. So- <laughs> Still, Tracy's friends and family are concerned that something could have happened to her after she dropped James off, given how dangerous his neighborhood is. Sex offenders and the felons and the criminals on that side of town, there's such a vast majority of them. But what worries Tracy's friend Courtney most is whether or not Tracy's judgment was clouded that night. 
She basically was like, I wonder if she was driving drunk. Yes. Please don't drive drunk. No, there is no reason to ever drive drunk. I know, I know. Hey, guess what? Tracy's dad's home from his business trip. (laughs) I know. And he goes right to the police station. And the the parents kind of say this, and they don't really harp on it for a long time, but they kind of are like, did we do something wrong? Well, the mom is like, look, there's no way she fucking ran away. A, she's got a new cat. Yeah. Girl, pretty litters. (laughs) Just kidding. But also she's like, why would anyone run away? She's got this like sweet setup at home where she doesn't pay any rent. We do her fucking laundry. And I was also like, also, she doesn't have her car anymore. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, she didn't run away. Like, she, she, like something fucking bad happened to this woman. So it's Friday, May 29th. We're in... Okay. I think it's Okoki. Okay. Uh. <laughs> With no sign of Tracy two days into the investigation, detectives decide to take another look at James Hathaway. They think he knows more than he's telling them. We re-interviewed him Friday the 29th of May. Jimmy was in our custody for about 12 hours. He also took a polygraph that day. He failed miserably. They kind of have no leads, and they're like, should we go back to that James guy? I know. And they do. They bring James back in. They they interview him for 12 hours. They give him a polygraph test, which he, quote, fails miserably. Which detective gives no fucks. Listen, a lot of times they say something like, we can't reveal the answers. Or, I know. There were deceptions. Yeah. <laughs> detective gives no fucks was like, he failed miserably. He fucking failed miserably. I was like, thank you for your transparency. But then also this prompts him to ask for a lawyer and they have to shut the whole thing down. Like, also ask for a lawyer, everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And don't take a polygraph test. You don't have to do that. I would fail it. Just, I would just I, I would just fail it. Because then I'd be I like, know. wait, am I lying to myself? I don't know. I know. <laughs> now, they turn their attention to Tracy's car. Bloodhounds are brought in to try and track her scent from where her vehicle was found. So they process the car for forensics. They they find some DNA in the back. See that next year. You know what? They send it off. They get it back in a month, which I was like, and another shocking turn of events. I know. They get I, it back in a month. Go off, Florida. Florida, what's Florida's happening? Like, we, they, they had a meeting. They're like, guys, <laughs> circle up. We've had some embarrassing shit go down. A lot of embarrassing shit. Uh-huh. Let's rain it in. Yeah. <laughs> and let's, let's have a good showing. Good game. And then they slap each other's asses. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Say that again. Okay. Okay. Mr. Cassio received a letter in the mail from the state attorney's office for Tracy informing her that she had filed charges against an individual for misdemeanor battery. It's two days after Tracy went missing and Mama Liz went out to check the mail. And yeah. in a pile of stuff there, they're sorting through. There's a letter to Tracy from the state's attorney's office. Yeah, she had filed charges against a guy for misdemeanor battery. And the mom is like completely like, what the fuck? And we get this story. Like, the mom didn't know what happened. The cops are like, okay, we got to look into this like right fucking now. And we learned this guy's name is Paul Huddow. And she met this guy at the tap room. It's like her local hangout. She said... One night she was there, and this guy Paul Huddow was there with his girlfriend. But this is what confused me. Yeah. They made it seem like maybe her and Paul had a little wincy thing. I but they feel don't like, really go into it. They just hint towards it. I think that this is the kind of place where she hangs out all the time. Right. And like like this guy James that she drove home, she kind of knew him because he's yeah. there a lot. She. I feel like it's the same with this guy Paul. And so like like she kind of knew this guy. 
And one night she's there with her friends, you guys, and she pulls the biggest Patrick you've ever heard of because she becomes convinced that this girl, the guy's girlfriend, is giving her, like, side eye. And Courtney's like, she never met a fight she couldn't walk away. She never met a fight she she could ever walk away from. And so, like, the girl's giving her side eye. She's trying to ignore it, and then she can't ignore it anymore, and she goes and pours a beer on the girl. She pours a beer. (laughs) And friend Courtney goes, good for her, not good for her, which sums it up because, like, I want people to stand up for themselves. There's no reason to put, like, the girl. Also, wasn't in your face. Yeah. There's no reason, Patrick. There's no reason to actually throw the drink at the guy. Also, like that was probably a delicious cold oh, beer. Probably like an IPA. That shit's expensive. Or it was like a shandy. Oh, <laughs> Paul Hutto became infuriated, and he and Tracy began an argument that spilled outside the bar. According to Tracy, he became so angry he pushed her to the ground. Tracy immediately called the police. Now, detectives on her missing person case find the incident suspicious. You know, after hearing that she was shoved to the ground bomb, yeah, it raised some flags. It, it definitely did. Paul and Tracy take it outside. Like this guy, Paul, who's huge. Huge! Like gets into a fucking scuffle with Tracy. Also, why is not anybody, why is anybody in that bar allowing this man to like fight her in the fucking parking yeah, lot? Yeah, to like take it outside. Yeah. Like, uh, Matt, I want to, what, what was the like, the sequence of events? He's like, let's take this outside. Right. And then she was like, yeah, let's. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I don't know this to be true. And I, for, I am a drinker. I am not casting aspersions again. I, I don't know why I'm saying that all the time this yeah, episode. Yeah, you like that word. But I'm not like, there's no shame here, I feel like Tracy would go there and get a little loose. You know what I mean? She'd have a couple drinks and like you never kind of knew what you got. I identify, I'm I hope I'm not that much like that anymore, but I was very much like that when I was her age. Yeah, I, I and I get it. I just don't I don't understand. think these two sober people decided to have a fist fight yeah. in the parking lot. But you know? it gets really ugly. Yeah. He pushes her to the ground, obviously hurts her, and she calls the cops. She pulls a fucking Parker Posey from Scream 3. My lawyer liked that. (laughs) (laughs) Can we play that clip, please? My lawyer liked that. And she calls the fucking cops, and the cops show up, and this is where this, like, assault charge comes from. On May 30th, three days after Tracy vanished, police bring Paul Hutto in for questioning. He gave us his story where he was during the time that Tracy disappeared. Detectives and officers followed up those leads and verified that he was at the locations and times that he said he was. Paul Hutow is brought in for questioning, and he had an alibi, and they check it, and his alibi totally checks yeah, out. Yeah, his alibi he was he was out being a fucking asshole somewhere else yeah. where people saw him. He was like, actually, I have footage of me beating another woman in another bar, so right. take that, so- bitch. <laughs> Exactly. But here's the tickle in the tushy. Paul and James know each other. The cops are like, well, we got this James, we got this Paul, let's connect them. We learned that Paul had a shoreline cleaning business. There's all kinds of jobs. There are so many jobs. So people who live on lakefronts have their shorelines cleaned, and Paul had what, like, that company that did that, and James worked for that company. What a financial responsibility just to live on the water. I know. I never even thought of that. You know what, you guys? Tend your shorelines, okay? Yeah. Tend your shorelines, Connecticut. Floridians are like, yeah. (laughs) What's wrong with you people? So the thing is, they're trying to connect James and Paul. They know each other, but they get their cell phone records, and there's no connection between the two of them that night. So that lead kind of goes nowhere. But it is weird. Like, that is a weird coincidence. That is a weird coincidence, but they also get Tracy's cell phone records, and this is a big deal. The story that James has been telling is that she dropped him off and left his place at, like, 2 in the morning. But remember, Mama Liz called her at, like, 7 a.m. when 
when they couldn't find her that morning, Tracy's cell phone, according to her cell phone records, pinged at James's fucking house. This guy hangs out of cop bars, then becomes a killer, gets the girl in the car, probably kills her, leaves the car 150 feet from his front door, and then doesn't even turn off her cell phone. This guy's a fucking idiot. Yeah. You guys stay stupid. Murderers stay stupid. Yeah. Detective Olson has been working on obtaining a search warrant for James Hathaway's home and finally gets one. And Detective Gives No Fox gets a search warrant for James Hathaway's house. Yeah. And they're looking for anything that could be Tracy's, might be Tracy's. And they take his computer and Detective Gives No Fox goes. Yeah, we took his computer. Yeah, we took his computer. <laughs> I love this guy. My thing too is though is that like Detective Gives No Fox is like basically says we're only looking for emails. Like we're looking for emails to people and from people. And I was like, honey, you know like there's more to look for Website, on the computer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also like, like pictures, in, like you got the whole computer. Don't stop at emails. Yeah. You- I'm no detective. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Breaking news. I'm a good detective on the internet. I can tell when people break up and I don't even know that. (laughs) Well, you're an expert in that field. You Um, for sure. I'm like, they have not tagged each other in a long time. See if they're following each other. They're not. They're not. I knew it. I don't know these people. I don't know them. The computer's hard drive is sent off for closer examination. Nothing of Tracy's is located. But as investigators sift through James's things, they come across a marijuana bomb. He is arrested on charges of possession of drug paraphernalia. They take the hard drive off to be examined, and it turns out they find nothing of Tracy's in James's house. But you know what they do find? Uh, a quote marijuana bong. Yeah. <laughs> I said, who wrote the copy for this episode? Me? Yeah. Mar- you, are you smoking the marijuana? Are you Are you smoking marijuana cigarettes? <laughs> oh, it's a marijuana bong. Do you know what one of the proposed titles for my for my book is? What? Stoned in Seattle. Stop. <laughs> it is. I don't know if it's going to make it in, but Stoned in Seattle is a chapter that's getting written. That one time. <laughs> so, listen. You know, I don't like to come down on the weed people, but if it means arresting someone and getting a bad guy on a technicality, they arrest him for having drug paraphernalia in his house. It's a good reason. To, it's a good reason. It's a reason. Yes. But you guys it, have bongs in your house if you want bongs in well, your house. Well, but it's also like this was back before like everybody understood that marijuana. Like, they, like, what are we doing? It's so stupid to like arrest people on this shit. So we get this like break after they, they arrest him for the marijuana bong and all the friends and family are, are like... They got him. They arrested him. Criminals are dumb, especially this fucking guy. He's going to say something that's going to incriminate himself, right? Like, everyone is assuming that this idiot is just going to, like, is going to just admit to the crime. Yeah. Okay, so it's a random night, and Detective Gives No Fucks is typing. Yeah. And Christopher says, I love the random, unnecessary story details that Christopher gives us. Uh-huh. He's like... As he finishes up some paperwork on a warm June evening. A warm June evening. I was like, Christopher, I don't give a fuck about the weather. Tell us where this shit... Tell us where she is, Christopher. Don't give me your colorful adjectives. Shut the fuck up. Oh my God. Why am I so mad at Christopher? It's I don't just know. Like, it's just like they have like an adjective maker uh-huh. and they're like, I don't know, say it's balmy. I don't Tell me where she is. I know, girl. We're all looking for Sorry. her. Sorry. So it's been five days since Tracy vanished. Her story is all over the news. And because of that, the cops say that their phones are ringing off the hook. And this is where we learn about a woman named Rachel Clark. A woman named Rachel Clark has contacted dispatch, saying she knows James Hathaway, the man he arrested earlier that day. She informed me that she was the victim of a battery and James was the suspect. And that happened about a year earlier. Because Tracy's story is all over the news, so is the picture of James Hathaway. Yeah. And so this woman, Rachel, calls the detective and she's like, I fucking know that guy. 
And she says she was the victim of this like assault. This is and so he was sad. the guy. And it happened a year earlier. And the guy who did this horrible thing to her was never caught. And here's the fucking story. She gave him a ride home from a bar. Can he download Uber? <laughs> fucking hell, for fuck's sake. And then they say that like as they pull into her apartment complex, he grabs her Ugh. and starts fucking choking her. But Rachel is amazing. She gets the fuck away. He chases her out of the car, tackles her. You guys, this is so awful. Yeah. He starts banging her head against the pavement. And the whole time he's doing it, he's saying, don't make me kill you. And this was a year before Tracy's case. Right. So thank God the neighbors heard screaming and James runs away. But the cops can't find him. Yeah. I'm just in shock. Like, like, um, did you you look for him? I mean, they filed the police report, but like, what are those sketches? Like, what do you, I don't never understand this. It's so fucking crazy. So when Rachel saw the footage of him getting arrested, it like, she had this like PTSD moment. It was like, I mean, could you imagine just looking and seeing? seeing his face and knowing the eye oh my god my thing is this though like I think we've done enough of these to know that these people never do this once yeah. if something horrible like this happens to anybody that's listening pay attention to the news because they're gonna do it again you know the Morgan Harrington of it all uh, you're so <laughs> <laughs> so the next day Rachel Clark contacts the authorities they open her case and James they're like forget that bomb that bomb charge forget that stupid totally. marijuana thing we got this one which great they had him in custody amazing they charge him with attempted fucking murder and then this is where like the all of Tracy's family is yeah. like this guy's not talking they're gonna have to wait until the trial starts to get more answers and this is where the forensics on the computer comes back and they don't find anything well they don't find much when the results of the search of James's hard drive come in there's an intriguing and disturbing finding the only thing that was found on the computers during the forensic exam is over the weekend before we executed the search warrant, James searched for several hours on how to commit suicide. What they find is that over the weekend, like after Tracy went missing, he spent hours over that weekend searching the internet for like the best way to die by suicide. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I was sort of like, what happens if you Google that? And I got curious, and so I did. And the first eight pages are like suicide prevention hotlines. Yeah. So good job, yeah. Google. Well yeah, done. thank you, Google. Yeah. But that kind of does, the reason I said it, it doesn't give you much, because it does give you like a frame of mind that he wasn't well, or of he course. was destructive. or I mean, everyone knows he did this yeah. at this point. So then Mama Liz is plastering the town. She is not giving up. She's putting flyers. This, gets, this is one of those episodes where we get another insane story in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, there's eight minutes, bro. There's <laughs> What are you going to do in eight minutes to me? But here we go. ID's like, oh, is that a fucking challenge? That's a fucking challenge. Okay. Liz Ocasio refuses to let roadblocks slow her down in the search for her daughter. She plasters the town with flyers of Tracy. As she works her way around Okoe, she sees another missing persons poster. As I was putting up Tracy's poster, there was a poster right next to it of Christopher George. I didn't know who he was. Mama Liz is hanging up flyers and she sees another missing person flyer with a man by the name of Christopher George. He went missing February 11th, which was just a couple weeks before Tracy went missing. So Mama Liz goes to Detective Gives No Fucks and he's like, what happened to this guy? Because she's saying it's really weird that like two people would go missing from the same area, like around the same time. Is it possible that they're connected? And we get this insane fucking story. And this guy, Christopher George, was in his car. He was driving down the roads with a with an individual. They pulled into the woods and Chris got out of the car and went into the woods. And then his friend 
lost track of him, so his friend left him out there. Christopher's friends blamed the odd behavior on the fact that they had done drugs earlier that day. Christopher George jumps out of his car and runs into the woods, and Christopher said his friend lost track of him, so he left him out there. Lost track? <laughs> to which I said, you would 100% do this to me. If we were driving on a road trip and I got out of the car to go to the woods and pee, and I didn't come back in 30 seconds, you'd be like, I lost track of him, I, we're going. I, I can't listen to five more seconds of the Indigo Girls, we gotta go. I think he wants to live in the woods. <laughs> he loves the woods. <laughs> Everybody who knows him knows he loves the woods. Bye. You lost, like they come home and they're like, where's that Christopher guy? They're like, oh, craziest story. Lost track of him. We jumped out of the car. We lost lost track track of him. So like, this is the thing. They'd been doing drugs earlier in the day and the friends who were in the car were so afraid of getting in trouble that instead of going to the police and being like, my friend jumped out of the car and now we can't find him. Can you help us? They wiped down all the fingerprints off the car and just poof, disappeared. They're like, like, nothing weird here. <laughs> like they just didn't want to be associated with anything weird. I was like, too late. You 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 got weird when you left your friend in, in the, the fucking woods. woods. They fucking returned the car to the scene of the crime. They returned the car to the woods and they as they're doing this, they're coming out of the woods where they run into a cop. Yeah. Cops. And the cops like, "Can I talk to you guys for what's going on over here?" Yeah, and they're like, "Nothing, just lost track of our friend in right. the woods." And cuz the cop doesn't know that this person is missing, he's like, "Okay, weirdos," and just like lets them go. Yeah. Detective Olson prize the investigators with the Apopka Police Department for more details. He perks up when he finds out who helped clean out Christopher's car. James Hathaway, the very same man who is awaiting trial for attempted murder of Rachel Clark and who was last seen with Tracy Ocasio. So James is connected to this other weird disappearance of this other guy. And so now we jump to February 2011. It's two years and Christopher's body is found. Right. Christopher George, not our Christopher. Can you clarify <laughs> our, for the people? Yes, our Christopher is still very much alive. And the cops don't suspect foul play, but Mama Liz does. Yeah, Mama Liz was like, this can't be a coincidence. No, and it's a legitimate question, Mama Liz. Like, this guy James knows two people yeah. who went missing from the same fucking town yeah. within weeks of each other? Yeah, so Detective Gibbs No Fox, in the good way, yeah. is like, you know, all right, so let me look into, like, more missing people around here. And he comes across another story of a woman by the name of Jennifer Kessie. It's a famous case. Who and, also yeah. went missing in Orlando. Like, she worked in the town where Tracy lived. Like, yeah. They, they're arc- they, they look alike, and they went missing at, like, the same time of night. They both kind of went to the same bars, but, like, they can't ever actually connect Yeah, it. other than, like, the proximity of the time, the places they went missing, there was nothing. So yeah. two years later, Piece of Shit James finally goes to court for his attack of Rachel Clark. Yeah. And the Ocasio's went to the court hearing and watched. And, like, Mama Liz wants us to know that, like, she's like, that dude knew who we were and yeah. knew we were eyeballing him, and he intentionally didn't find look at us. And like she says, sometimes the trial would happen at court. Sometimes it would happen in the prison. And they went every single fucking day. Yeah. And this guy, James, is like like fucking disgusting. He looks disgusting. He is, he's just like walking up here with like a half court hairline and like just like big. And that was a basketball joke. I don't, I just laughed to be nice. I didn't know what you meant. so cute. Anyway, 
That piece of shit was convicted of attempted murder. Good fucking riddance. And they say, like, it's great. You know, it's not, like, justice for Tracy. But, like, he's going to be in prison probably for the rest of his life. Yeah. And, like, the last five minutes are, like, the friends and family just coming to terms with the fact that, like, they may never get answers. It's the worst. And the other thing, too, is that, like, we know where he was all night based on his cell phone pings. Like, her body is somewhere close by. Yeah. You know? So, this case, they just had, like, a resurgence. There was just an article in 20. 20 and Papa Joe had this quote I wanted to read. He said, in our mind, we know circumstances tell us she's probably not with us. But in our hearts, we always say, what if? And he said, you always hope. You have to hope. So anyone with any information about Tracy Ocasio's whereabouts is act is asked to go is asked to call uh, Detective Max. Wow. Anyone with information about the Ocasio. Should you and Joey do the podcast? I feel like maybe I should be the one to go. No, but really, anyone with any information about Tracy Ocasio's whereabouts is asked to call Detective Matt Serrano at 407-554-7210. We would love any kind of closure for this sweet family. Say something funny. I mean, at this point, if I got tipped, I'm not sure I could get up either. Oh my god, you guys, I love you so much. Join us on the Patreon. Every month you get three full ad-free bonus episodes, plus a fourth thing. It's either some sort of Zoom hang or some sort of like call-in show. We're gonna do all these fun things on the Patreon. Tell them the series that we've covered. We have covered Snapped, See No Evil, Evil Lives Here, Who the Bleep Did I Marry? And now we're doing Fry Thy Neighbor. And we- <laughs> We've done like 10 episodes at least of each of those things. We call it Fry Thy Neighbor because Natalie, our, our director of projects, thought it was called Fry Thy Neighbor. I know, and now I can't stop I calling can't, it that. I, my, my notes, like my episode notes are called Fry Thy Neighbor. Yeah. We, she thought we were going to do... Natalie also didn't send an email even to Steve being like, are you sure they should cover a show called Fry Thy Neighbor? <laughs> she was trying to throw us under the bus. Follow us on Facebook. We are at the Disappeared Pod Discussion Group. Lots of fun happening in there. So we're much. also on Instagram at the Disappeared Disappeared Pod. You can follow me at Ellen Marsh, and you can follow Patrick at Patrick Hines underscore. And if you're on the TikTok, my name is Ellen Marie Marsh oh, on TikTok. You know what? What? You come for TikTok, but it's so fucking. You would have so much fun on TikTok. And also, you guys, if you're playing Wordle, <laughs> find Patrick on socials because I uh-huh. I have not seen her this obsessed since <laughs> the Indigo Girls dropped that secret album all those years ago. We love you guys. We Get love ready you. for Joey Taranto. Oh, he's so great. You're going to like him better than me. We love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. You okay? <laughs> okay. That was it. <laughs> so. Ellen had a little acid reflux. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote Wednesday 27. Wednesday <laughs> What 20- month, <honey>? May. <laughs> Your turn. We, we took a couple weeks away from Florida. When you're doing a true crime show, you're always going to end up back in the FL. So two days after Tracy had gone missing. <laughs> you lifted it and then you put it right back. No, it's right in front of my mouth. <laughs> what, you think they can't fucking hear me? So. <laughs> Do you hear what happened to Patrick? Yeah. He transitioned yeah. to Joey. <laughs> so- what happened to Joey? He just got louder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check the legs. <laughs> Sounds like a fake name. It does sound like a fake like, name. Like they're like, "What's your name?" She's like, R- "Rachel." And your last name? It's um uh, Clark. Clark. Don't give me your colorful adjectives. Shut the fuck up. <laughs>